Act One of The Country Wife by William Witcherly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Horner, read by Thomas Peter. Mr. Harcourt, played by Son of the Exiles. Mr. Dorland, read by Major Toast. Pinchwife, read by Scotty Smith. Mr. Sparkish, read by Todd. Sir Jasper Fidget, read by Nemo. Boy, read by Melanie Jensen. A Quack, read by Alan Mapstone. Bookseller, read by Beth Thomas. Mrs. Marjorie Pinchwife, read by Avai. Alethea, sister of Pinchwife, read by Lian Yao. Lady Fidget, read by Beth Thomas mrs dainty fidget sister of sir jasper read by phone mistress squeamish read by sonia old lady squeamish read by eva davis lucy alethea's maid read by t j burns narrator read by campbell shelp scene london prologue poets like cudgelled bullies never do at first or second blow submit to you but will provoke you still and ne'er have done till you are weary first with laying on the late so baffled scribbler of this day though he stands trembling bids me boldly say what we before most plays are used to do for poets out of fear first draw on you in a fierce prologue the still pit defy and ere you speak like castril give the lie but though our bays battles oft i fought and with bruised knuckles their dear conquests bought nay never yet feared odds upon the stage in prologue dare not hector with the age but would take quarter from your saving hands though bays within all yielding countermands says you confederate wits no quarter give therefore his play shan't ask your leave to live well let the vain rash fop by huffing so think to obtain the better terms of you but we the actors humbly will submit now and at any time to a full pit nay often we anticipate your rage and murder poets for you on our stage we set no guards upon our tiring room but when with dying colours there you come we patiently you see give up to you our poets virgins nay our matrons too act the first scene one horner's lodging enter horner and quack following him at a distance horner aside <laughs> a quack is as fit for a pimp as a midwife for a bawd they are still but in their way both helpers of nature aloud well my dear doctor hast thou done what i desired i have undone you for ever with the women and reported you throughout the whole town as bad as a eunuch with as much trouble as if i had made you one in earnest but have you told all the midwives you know the orange wenches at the playhouses the city husbands and old fumbling keepers of this end of the town for they'll be the readiest to report it 
i have told all the chambermaids waiting women tire women and old women of my acquaintance nay and whispered it as a secret to em and to the whisperers of whitehall so that you need not doubt twill spread and you will be as odious to the handsome young women as as the smallpox well and to the married women of this end of the town as as the great one nay as their own husbands and to the city dames as aniseed robin of filthy and contemptible memory and they will frighten their children with your name especially the females and cry horner's coming to carry you away i am only afraid twill not be believed you told him it was by an english-french disaster and an english-french chirurgeon who has given me at once not only a cure but an antidote for the future against that damned malady and that worse distemper love and all other women's evils your late journey into france has made it the more credible and your being here a fortnight before you appeared in public looks as if you apprehended the shame which i wonder you do not well i have been hired by young gallants to be liam t'other way but you are the first would be thought a man unfit for women dear mr doctor let vain rogues be contented only to be thought abler men than they are generate all the pleasure they have but mine lies another way you take me thinks a very preposterous way of it and as ridiculous as if we operators in physic should put forth bills to disparage our medicaments with hopes to gain customers doctor there are quacks in love as well as physic who get but the fewer and worse patients for their boasting a good name is seldom got by giving it oneself and women no more than honour are compassed by bragging come come doctor the wisest lawyer never discovers the merits of his cause till the trial the wealthiest man conceals his riches and the cunning gamester his play shy husbands and keepers like old rooks are not to be cheated but by a new unpractised trick false friendship will pass now no more than false dice upon em no not in the city enter boy there were two ladies and a gentleman coming up exit a oh, pox some unbelieving sisters of my former acquaintance who i am afraid expect their sense should be satisfied to the falsity of the report no ah this formal fool and women enter sir jasper fidget lady fidget and mrs dainty his wife and sister my coach breaking just now before your door sir i look upon as an occasional reprimand to me sir for not kissing your hand sir since you're coming out of france sir and so my disaster sir has been my good fortune sir and this is my wife and sister sir what then sir my lady and sister sir wife this is master horner master horner husband my lady my lady fidget sir so sir won't you be acquainted with her sir aside 
so the report is true i find by his coldness or aversion to the sex but i'll play the wag with him aloud pray salute my wife my lady sir i will kiss no man's wife sir for him sir i have taken my general leave sir the sex already sir sir jasper aside ha <laughs> ha i'll plague him yet aloud not know my wife sir i do know your wife sir she's a woman sir and consequently a monster sir a greater monster than a husband sir a husband how sir so sir but i make no more cuckolds sir makes horns <laughs> mercury mercury pray sir jasper let us be gone from this rude fellow who by his breeding would think he had ever been in france for he's but too much a french fellow such as hate women of quality and virtue for their love to their husbands sir jasper a woman is hated by em as much for loving her husband as for loving their money but pray let's be gone you do well madam for i have nothing that you came for i have brought over not so much as a bawdy picture no new postures nor the second part of the accord de fille nor quack apart to horner hold for shame sir what do you mean you'll ruin yourself for ever with the sex <laughs> he hates women perfectly i find what pity tis he should ay he's a base fellow for it but affectation makes not a woman more odious to them than virtue because your virtue is your greatest affectation madam how you saucy fellow would you wrong my honour if i could how do you mean sir <laughs> no he can't wrong your ladyship's honour upon my honour he poor man hark you in your ear a mere eunuch oh filthy french beast foe foe why do we stay let's be gone i can't endure the sight of him stay but till the chairs come they'll be here presently no no nor can i stay longer tis let me see a quarter and a half quarter of a minute past eleven the council will be sat i must away business must be preferred always before love and ceremony with the wise mr horner and the impotent said jasper ay ay the impotent master horner <laughs> what leave us with a filthy man alone in his lodgings he's an innocent man now you know pray stay i'll hasten the chairs to you mr horner your servant i should be glad to see you at my house pray come and dine with me and play at cards with my wife after dinner you are fit for women at the game yet <laughs> aside tis as much a husband's prudence to provide innocent diversion for a wife as to hinder her unlawful pleasures and he had better employ her than let her employ herself aloud farewell your servant sir jasper exit sir jasper i will not stay with him foe nay madam i beseech you stay if it be but to see i can be as civil to ladies yet as they would desire no no 
foe you cannot be civil to ladies you as civil as ladies would desire no 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 foe 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 exeunt lady fidget and mrs dainty fidget now i think i or you yourself rather have done your business with the women thou art an ass don't you see already upon the report and my carriage this grave man of business leaves his wife in my lodgings invites me to his house and wife who before would not be acquainted with me out of jealousy nay by this means you may be more acquainted with the husbands but the less with the wives let me alone if i can but abuse the husbands i'll soon disabuse the wives stay i'll reckon you up the advantages i am like to have by my stratagem first i shall be rid of all my old acquaintances the most insatiable sort of duns that invade our lodgings in a morning and next to the pleasure of making a new mistress is that of being rid of an old one and of all old debts love when it comes to be so is paid the most unwillingly well you may be so rid of your old acquaintances but how will you get any new ones doctor thou wilt never make a good chemist thou art so incredulous and impatient ask but all the young fellows of the town if they do not lose more time like huntsmen in starting the game than in running it down one knows not where to find him who will or will not women of quality are so civil you can hardly distinguish love from good breeding and a man is often mistaken but now i can be sure she that shows an aversion to me loves the sport as those women that are gone whom i warrant to be right and then the next thing is your women of honour as you call them are only chary of their reputations not their persons and his scandal they would avoid not men now may i have by the reputation of a eunuch the privileges of one and be seen in a lady's chamber in a morning as early as a husband kiss virgins before their parents or lovers and may be in short the passport two of the town now doctor nay now you shall be the doctor and your process is so new that we do not know but it may succeed <laughs> not so new neither probatum est doctor well i wish you luck and many patients whilst i go to mine exit enter harcourt and dorland come your appearance at the play yesterday has i hoped hardened you for the future against the women's contempt and the men's raillery and now you're abroad as you were wont did i not bear it bravely with the most theatrical impudence nay more than an orange wench's show there or a drunken visit mask or a great-bellied actress nay or the most impudent of creatures an ill poet or what is yet more impudent a second-hand critic but what say the ladies have they no pity what ladies the visard masks you know never pity a man when all's gone though in their service and for the women in the boxes you'd never pity them when twas in your power they say tis pity but all that deal with common women should be served so nay 
I swear they won't admit you to play at cards with them, go to plays with them, or do the little duties which other shadows of men are wont to do for them. What do you call shadows of men? Half-men. What? Boys? Ah, your old boys, old beaux who like superannuated stallions are suffered to run, feed, and whinny with the mares as long as they live, though they can do nothing else. Well, a pox on love and wenching. Women serve but to keep a man from better company. Though I can't enjoy them, I shall you the more. Good fellowship and friendship are lasting, rational and manly pleasures. For all that, give me some of those pleasures you call effeminate too. They help to relish one another. They disturb one another. No, mistresses are like books. If you pour upon them too much, they doze you, and make you unfit for company. But if used discreetly, you are the fitter for conversation by em. A mistress should be like a little country retreat near the town. Not to dwell in constantly, but only for a night in a way. To taste the town the better when the man returns. I tell you, tis as hard to be a good fellow, a good friend and a lover of women, as tis to be a good fellow, a good friend and a lover of money. You cannot follow both and choose your side. Wine gives you liberty. Love takes it away. Gad, he's in the right on't. Wine gives you joy. Love, grief and tortures, besides surgeons. Wine makes us witty. Love only sots. Wine makes us sleep. Love breaks it. By the world he has reason, Harcourt. Wine makes... Aye, wine makes us... makes us princes. Love makes us beggars, poor rogues, he gad. And wine... So, there's one converted. No, no. Love and wine. Oil and vinegar. I grant it, love will still be uppermost. Come, for my part I will have only those glorious manly pleasures of being very drunk and very slovenly. Enter boy. Mr. Sparkish is below, sir. Exit. What, my dear friend? A rogue that is fond of me only, I think, for abusing him. No, he can no more think the men laugh at him than that women jilt him. His opinion of himself is so good. Well, there's another pleasure by drinking I thought not of. I shall lose his acquaintance because he cannot drink. And you know, it is a very hard thing to be rid of him, for he's one of those nauseous officers at wit, who, like the worst fiddlers, run themselves into all companies. One that's by being in the company of men of sense would pass for one. And may so to the short-sighted world, as a false jewel amongst true ones is not discerned at a distance. His company is as troublesome to us as a cuckold's when you have a mind to his wife's. No, the rogue will not let us enjoy one another, but ravishes our conversation, though he signifies no more to it than St. Martin Marrell's gaping, an awkward thrumming upon the lute, does to his man's voice and music. And to pass for a wit in town shows himself a fool every night to us that are guilty of the plot. Such wits as he are, to a company of reasonable men, like rooks to the gamesters, who only fill a room at the table, but are so far from contributing to the play that they only serve to spoil the fancy of those that do. Nay, they are used like rooks too, 
snubbed, checked, and abused. Yet the rogues will hang on. Uh, pox on them, and all that force nature, and would be still what she forbids them. Affectation is her greatest monster. Most men are the contraries to that they would seem. Your bully, you see, is a coward with a long sword. The little humbly fawning physician with his ebony cane, is he that destroys men? The usurer, a poor rogue, possessed of mouldy bonds and mortgages, a we they call spendthrifts are only wealthy, who lay out his money upon daily new purchases of pleasure. Ay, your errantest cheat is your trustee or executor, your jealous man the greatest cuckold, your churchman the greatest atheist, and your noisy pert rogue of a wit the greatest fop, dullest ass, and worst company, as you shall see. Oh, for here he comes. Enter Sparkish. How is't, Sparks? How is't? Well, faith, Harry, I must rally thee a little. <laughs> Upon the report in town of thee, <laughs> I can't hold in faith. Shall I speak? <laughs> yes, but you'll be so bitter then. Honest Dick and Frank here shall answer for me. I will not be extreme bitter by the universe. We will be bound in a ten thousand pound bond. He shall not be bitter at all. Nor sharp, nor sweet. What? Not downright insipid? Nay, then, since you are so brisk and provoke me, take what follows. You must know I was discoursing and rallying with some ladies yesterday, and they happened to talk of the fine new signs in town. Very fine ladies, I believe. Said I, I know where the best new sign is. Where? says one of the ladies. In Covent Garden, I replied. Said another, in what street? In Russell Street, answered I. Lord, says another, I'm sure there was never a fine new sign there yesterday. Yes, but there was, said I again, and it came out of France, and has been there a fortnight. Ah, oh, Pox, I can hear no more, prithee. No, hear him out. Let him tune his crowd while. The worst music, the greatest preparation. Nay, Faith, I'll make you laugh. It cannot be, says a third lady. Yes, yes, quoth I again. Says a fourth lady. Look to it. We'll have no more ladies. No, then mark, mark now. Said I to the fourth, Did you never see Mr. Horner? He lodges in Russell Street, and he's a sign of a man, you know, since he came out of France. Ha, ha, ha. But the devil take me if thine be the sign of a jest. With that, they all fell a-laughing, and they pissed themselves. What? But it does not move you, methinks? Well, I see one had as good to go to law without a witness, as break a jest without a laughter on one side. Come, come, Sparks, but where do we dine? I have left at Whitehall an earl to dine with you. Why, I thought thou hadst loved a man with a title better than a suit with a French trimming to it. Go to him again. No, sir. A wit to me is the greatest title in the world. But go dine with your earl, sir. He may be exception. We are your friends, and will not take it ill to be left. I 
do assure you nay faith he shall go to him nay pray gentlemen we'll thrust you out if you won't what disappoint anybody for us nay dear gentlemen hear me no no sir by no means pray go sir why dear rogues no no they all thrust him out of the room <laughs> re-enter sparkish but sparks pray hear me what do you think i'll eat then with gay shallow fops and silent coxcombs i think wit as necessary at dinner as a glass of good wine and that's the reason i never have any stomach when i eat alone come but where do we dine even where you will at chatelain's yes if you will or at the cock yes if you please or at the dog and partridge ay if you have a mind to it for we shall dine at neither pshaw with your foolin' we shall lose the new play and i would no more miss seeing a new play the first day than i would miss sitting in the wits row therefore i'll go fetch my mistress and away exit enter pinchwife who have we here pinchwife gentlemen your humble servant well jack by thy long absence from the town the grumness of thy countenance and the slovenliness of thy habit i should give thee joy should i not of marriage pinchwife aside death does he know i'm married too i thought to have concealed it from him at least aloud my long stay in the country will excuse my dress when i have a suit of law that brings me up to town that puts me out of humour besides i must give sparkish to-morrow five thousand pounds to lie with my sister nay you country gentleman rather than not purchase would buy anything and he is a cracked title if we may quibble well but am i to give thee joy i heard thou wert married what then why the next thing that is to be heard is thou'rt a cuckold pinchwife aside insupportable name but i did not expect marriage from such a whore-master as you one that knew the town so much and women so well why i have married no london wife pshaw <laughs> that's a one <laughs> that grave circumspection in marrying a country wife is like refusing a deceitful pambert smithfield jade to go and be cheated by a friend in the country pinchwife aside a pox on him in his simile aloud at least we are a little surer of the breed there no what her keeping has been whether foiled or unsound <laughs> come come i have known a clap gotten in wales and there are cousins justice clerks and chaplains in the country i won't say coachman but she's handsome and young pinchwife aside i'll answer as i should do aloud no no she has no beauty but her youth no attraction but her modesty wholesome homely and housewifely that's all he talks as like a grazier as he looks she's too awkward ill-favoured and um, silly to bring to town then methinks you should bring her to be taught breeding to be taught no sir i thank you good wives and private soldiers should be ignorant i'll keep her from your instructions i warrant you harcourt aside the rogue is as jealous as if his wife were not ignorant why 
if she be ill-favoured there will be less danger here for you than by leaving her in the country we have such variety of dainties that we are seldom hungry but they always have coarse constant swinging stomachs in the country foul feeders indeed and your hospitality is great there open house every man's welcome so so gentlemen but prithee why shouldst thou marry her if she be ugly ill-bred and silly she must be rich then as rich as if she brought me twenty thousand pound out of this town for she'll be as sure not to spend her moderate portion as a london baggage would be to spend hers let it be what it would so tis all one then because she's ugly she's the likelier to be my own and being ill-bred she'll hate conversation and since silly and innocent will not know the difference betwixt a man of one and twenty and one of forty nine to my knowledge but if she be silly she'll expect as much from a man of forty-nine as from him of one and twenty but methinks wit is more necessary than beauty and i think no young woman ugly that has it and no handsome woman agreeable without it tis my maxim he's a fool that marries but he's a greater that does not marry a fool what is wit in a wife good for but to make a man a cuckold yes to keep it from his knowledge a fool cannot contrive to make a husband a cuckold no but she'll club with a man that can and what is worse if she cannot make a husband a cuckold she'll make him jealous and pass for one and then tis all one well well i'll take care for one my wife shall make me no cuckold though she had your help mr horner i understand the town sir dorland aside his help harcourt aside he's come nearly to town it seems and has not heard how things are with him but tell me has marriage cured thee of whoring which it seldom does tis more than age can do no the word is i'll marry and live honest but a marriage vow is like a penitent gamester's oath and entering into bonds and penalties to stint himself to such a particular small sum at play for the future which makes him but the more eager and not being able to hold out loses his money again and is forfeit to boot ay ay a gamester will be a gamester whilst his money lasts and a whoremaster whilst his bigger no i've known them when they are broke and can lose no more keep a fumbling with the box in their hands to fool with only and hinder other gamesters that had wherewithal to make lusty stakes well gentlemen you may laugh at me but you shall never lie with my wife i know the town but prithee was not the way you were in better is not keeping better than marriage <laughs> a pox on't the jades would jilt me i could never keep a whore to myself so then you only marry to keep a whore to yourself well but let me tell you women as you say are like soldiers made constant and loyal by good pay rather than by oaths and covenants therefore i'd advise my friends to keep rather than marry since too i find by your example it does not serve one's turn for i saw you yesterday in the eighteenpenny place with a pretty country wench pinchwife aside how the devil did he see my wife then i sat there that she might not be seen but she shall never go to a play again <laughs> what dost thou blush at nine-and-forty for having been seen with a wench 
No, faith, I warrant twas his wife, which he seated there out of sight, for he's a cunning rogue, and understands the town. He blushes. Then twas his wife, for men are now more ashamed to be seen with him in public than with a wench. Pinchwife aside. Hell and damnation, I'm undone since Horner has seen her, and they know twas she. <laughs> but prithee, was it thy wife? She was exceeding pretty. I was in love with her at that distance. You are like never to be nearer to her. Your servant, gentlemen. Offers to go. Nay, prithee, stay. I cannot, I will not. Come, you shall dine with us. I've dined already. Come, I know thou hast not. I'll treat thee, dear rogue. Thou shan't spend none of thy Hampshire money to-day. Pinchwife aside. Treat me? So he uses me already like his cuckold. Nay, you shall not go. I must. I have business at home. Exit. To beat his wife. He's as jealous of her as a cheap-side husband of a Covent Garden wife. Why, tis as hard to find an old whore-master without jealousy and the gout as a young one without fear or the pox. As gout and age from pox and youth proceeds, so wenching past, then jealousy succeeds. The worst disease that love and wenching breeds. Exeunt. End of Act One.